But uh, no, um, we want to hear. Can we put our hands together and encourage Tony one more time? It would be great. I was born through the Second War. At that time, my father was in Fiji working with a bank in New South Wales. My parents belonged to the Church of England, now known as the Anglican Church. My parents arranged for me to be baptised in the Church of England in Fiji when I was 13 months old. We returned to Australia when I was four. I can remember attending Sunday school at the Anglican Church in Cooparoo. Our family moved frequently, but I became a choir boy at Townsville, Church of England uh, Cathedral. I also was a server at that church. My wife, Brenda, was a practising Christian, and we were married in the Church of England at Yoronga. As I was in the bank, we moved frequently over the next 30 years. At most postings, we attended the local Church of England. At some postings, I assisted by serving and eventually became a liturgical assistant. My wife and I facilitated a very successful Alpha course before we left the Anglican Church and started attending Northside Christian Church. Then around 10 years ago, we came to Bridgman Baptist Community Church, Bridgie. We have never been so welcomed at any church. We were amazed that a young pastor wanted to talk to us. Old people? <laughs> that pastor is now standing next to me. Um, and he's now the senior pastor of Bridgie. As you can see, I've been involved with church all my life. There are three standout events in my church life that I now look back on and can clearly see God's hand in these events. The first was when I went to Gympie in 1988 and met Drummond Agnew. Drummond was one of my clients, but above all, a wonderful man of God. I was a little out of sorts with God at the time. Drummond took uh, the time to sort me out and get me praying again. The second was when I was 52 and facing retrenchment from Westpac. Brenda and I were visiting her mother in the nursing home at Tigham. There was an Anglican priest having a service that day at the nursing home, so Brenda, Brenda's mother and myself attended. The priest gave a sermon on facing a fork in your life's road. You could take the easy road or the road with many obstacles. Just what I needed at that time. I now believe with all my heart that this was God's message for me at that time. In hindsight, what happened was I took the road with many obstacles, and in the end, it was a great road. The third was when Brenda and I welcomed John and Elaine Lind at the service in A2. Peter Sweetman, the then senior pastor, always asked us to greet people who had not introduced ourselves to previously. Little did we know that John and Elaine were the parents of Peter's wife. As we all know, John and Elaine were people who loved the Lord and wanted to teach others about the Bible. John asked me if we would like to attend the study group that they ran at this church, which, sadly enough, after a number of years, ended. After that, John, Elaine, Brenda and I used to meet each fortnight for coffee and to study the New Testament. I will be ever uh, thankful for John and Elaine's teachings. I now have a much better knowledge of the Bible. John introduced me to Isaiah 4, 41, 10, which states, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I read this regularly, and I'm learning to trust what it says. For years before I retired, Brenda had been getting every day with Jesus. She encouraged me to read this also. I've now been doing this for 14 years, which has also helped me develop my walk with Jesus. Recently, I believe that God has called me to be baptised as a believer, to witness to you and to others that my faith in Jesus Christ is real.
My parents made an obligation and declaration on my behalf, and I believe that I've honoured that obligation. However, I now believe that I need to, one, fulfil my commitments to the Lord Jesus, a, for the love he showed me by dying for my sins and in my place on the cross, and b, to also follow his example in being baptised today, but also to uh, make my own declaration in front of you today, that from today on I intend to continue to follow and serve the Lord Jesus Christ, that I want this act to declare my new walk with him, walk and through the Lord Jesus, having made him Lord of my life. In summary, I'm being baptised today because Jesus did it, he has asked me to do it, and I'm doing it because I love him. Clear direct declarations of faith from 70-year-old, nine-year-old men. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. This is what we long for our, our community, our society. It's never too late for men and women. Come into the kingdom of God or after a long period of time, actually, make this commitment in this particular way, Tony. Well done, brother, well done. I'm going to pray for Tony. Ask God's blessing to continue to rain down upon his life. Let me do that today. Wow, Lord, we're in awe of you, Holy One. You always had your eye on Tony, Lord. Thank you for those early years, Lord, where he grew in his understanding of you. Thank you for parents, Lord, that committed Tony to you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for Tony honouring what was done by his parents, Lord, throughout his life. I want to thank you, but Lord, for those key moments that he mentioned as they were really turning points. Will I continue to follow God or will I go my own way? And again and again, Lord, this man humbled himself and chose to follow you, Lord. Thank you for that man, Lord, way back then who helped Tony stay on the track, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, great God. Thank you for that Anglican priest, Lord. And that word just, and Tony knew it was coming from you and he didn't take the easy path took the one, Lord, with obstacles, but it was the one you had for him, Holy One. Thank you. Oh, Lord, we see your hand so powerfully on this man. And I want to thank you too, Lord, for these last, well, I don't know, several years. It's been quite a number of years now, Lord, where Tony's continued to grow in his faith, not getting old and saying, well, I've done enough with Jesus, but continuing to press on in his faith, his understanding of your word, being available to you, which culminates in some way in this very service this day. He heard you call him to follow Jesus in baptism. And so here he stands today, Lord, in obedience. You delight in men and women who hear your voice and move in response of obedience to that voice, which is what Tony has done, Lord. And so, God, we know you're so pleased with our brother today. I want to thank you for Brenda's beautiful influence, Lord, in our brother's life, Lord. Wow. It's been terrific, Lord. Thank you for all those years I've shared together, loving you, loving our world, loving others. And there's more for them to do, Lord. I know that. Continue, Lord, to rest your hand upon them. And Holy Spirit, I pray today that Tony will be filled, Lord, by you, filled with the Holy Spirit afresh and anew, Lord. And I pray greater measure than ever before in his life before Holy, Holy One. And so, Lord, as our brother is baptized, Lord, 
dead to the old, alive to the new. A declaration of what you have done in his life. Well, God, may you be honoured, we pray. And you are, Lord, I know, in this service this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow. Tony, let me ask you, before you take your hearing aids out, um, yes, and your glasses off. So I want to do that while you're right with us in the moment, and fully, all the faculties are here, so that this group of people can hear clearly today, yeah, can hear clearly of your faith. Do you confess, Tony, that Jesus Christ is your Lord and your Saviour? I do. Amen. Amen. We're going to baptise Tony in the name of the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. But just before that, Tony is going to take his glasses off and take his hearing aids out. would be great. Thanks, Tony. This is a great joy for us. It's a great joy. I've been a pastor here 30 years in this church. We've heard of Pastor Nathan's influence in finding Tony and welcoming him. Uh, John's influence of through Tony's welcome. You're welcome well today, church, won't you? You never know where this may end up. Beautiful, powerful things that God does. That's fine, Tony. Everyone else is hearing me, but brother, so don't worry. Yeah. Well, Tony, in uh, the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we baptize you because you have requested this, and it's our great joy to do this in the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit. I don't even have to stand on my toes today. Well, welcome, welcome. I uh, just want to add my welcome to Phil's welcome earlier. It is just lovely to have you all here. And what a joy we've had already um, being able to celebrate with Tony and join with him as he is baptised today. It's just wonderful. And don't forget that after the service today, we have morning tea once again, as we normally do, out in the courtyard. Please stay and um, enjoy fellowship together out there. And remember, this is the last Inspire for 2021. So this is the last opportunity to enjoy Jenny's beautiful scones. So that is why you must stay um, and enjoy them. And that this is a very important um, thing for you to remember, people. It is the last Inspire today. So in a fortnight's time, we are not having Inspire as we normally would. The next time we get together will be in three weeks' time. That is Wednesday, December the 1st. And that is when we will be celebrating our Inspire Seniors Christmas celebration. We'll be coming together for that. And as you arrive today, hopefully some of you got this little invitation that you can use to give to friends and family to invite to that celebration. So I'll just say that again so we got it right. The next time we are together is not in a fortnight's time, but rather three weeks' time back here. And it's 9.15 
to 11, the Christmas celebration. We will probably open the doors at about a quarter to nine so that there's plenty of time to get everyone in. Now, you might be thinking, well, what a shame we're not having the seniors high tea for another year like we normally would, but believe me, this is going to be as good as, if not better, than our seniors high tea normally is. Because we will really be having all of the same components that we would have for the seniors high tea. We'll be having wonderful entertainment here, wonderful singers, and on your little invitation that you received, they're listed there. We're having Tony D, who is um, a wonderful singer who will be entertaining us. Adele King, some of you remember when she brought the children's choir from Northside. She will be performing for you and she's got a beautiful voice as you all remember. Lakeisha Patterson, Paralympian, who won a gold medal at um, this year's uh, Olympic Games. She will be sharing her story. And of course, there'll be carol singing. There will be much, much more. So all of that will be happening on the stage here or from the stage here. And we will all be sitting in seats just as you are today um, normally. But then we will go out after that into the courtyard and we will have morning tea together and Lynn and her wonderful team of helpers will be preparing, will have prepared for us just as wonderful a morning tea as we would normally have for the high tea. So that's what's going to be happening in three weeks time. This is what we have to do. We have to fill this auditorium. Uh, imagine, God's given us this wonderful big auditorium. Imagine if we could have it full on December the 1st here with family, with friends, with community members to come along to celebrate Christmas. And of course, part of that celebration will be sharing the true meaning of Christmas, what it is all about, celebrating the birth of Jesus, our Saviour and our Lord. So it's an opportunity for people who may not have heard or not normally hear the true Christmas message to hear that. So I want to encourage you to invite people along. Take some more of these with you and use that to give to people to invite them. Now, the other important thing, you must book in for it. And how you book in is the way you would book in for a normal Sunday service. So you have to go online and say you're inviting four of your friends, your neighbours, you will book in yourself and those four neighbours as you normally would on a Sunday online. So you're all sitting together, you book them under your name and then you just bring them along on the day and remember where you're sitting and then you take them with you to those seats. So you must book online. Now, I'm telling you, it's, bookings are already open and there are lots of golden um, downs have already booked 60 people in. So, yes, wonderful. So do the same thing. Bring your friends along, book in. Now, if you think, well, I'm not really sure about how to book in, remember that you can ask, you can ring up the office um, staff and they are more than happy to help you book in just as they help a lot of people book in for the Sunday services. So don't be put off by the fact that you have to book online and also after the service today, um, if you just find me, Lisa will be with me and she can even book you in today if you want to be booked in. But I really want you to go and ask lots of people and don't book in until you've you know got friends and you book your friends in with you but you can book in today if you'd want to. 
So we will just see you three weeks time in this um, auditorium here celebrating Christmas together. It's the first of our bridgy Christmas celebrations. So we need to start it really well. So invite all your friends and come along. Couple of other announcements. Um, Last Sunday was International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church, and uh, we prayed particularly on Sunday, but also in all of our prayer meetings across this week, we are continuing to pray for our brothers and sisters who are uh, suffering persecution in different countries in the world. And also in conjunction with this today, again, you have an opportunity to sign letters of encouragement that will be sent to imprisoned Christians throughout the world. Paul Ottaway, who is somewhere down there, has set up a, um, yes, just at the back there, he's set up a table in the courtyard. And if you'd like to go and sign some of those letters, they will then be posted off. And believe me, they are an incredible, encouragement to Christians who are suffering for their faith in prisons throughout the world. So please be a part of that. I want to just spend a little time now praying. Um, before I pray, I just want to let you know that only this morning, Pastor Jody phoned to say that Cheryl Lambert's brother, Colin, had passed away this morning. And so um, I want to, when I pray, we certainly want to just lift um, Cheryl and David and family up and pray for God's comfort for them at this very sad time. We also have um, some other people who would normally be with us today and who can't because of um, health issues, and I want to lift them up in prayer too. So will you join me now as we just um, bring our needs to our wonderful God? Oh, Father God, you are such a good God. You are so faithful. And we thank you for your faithfulness to Tony and just the joy that we've been able to share with him today as he has been baptised, Heavenly Father. We just continue to pray a blessing on him and his family, Lord. Lord, um, there are many people in need within our community here, people who would normally be with us. We lift up Cheryl and David, Lord, in the sad loss of Colin. Lord, we just pray that you will be close to her and to the rest of the family. Just bring comfort, Heavenly Father. We know you are the God of all comfort. Lord, we think of Brian Rice, we think of Beryl Pothecary and Faye Humphreys. These three dear people, Lord, who would normally be amongst us and who can't today because each of them, Lord, um, has severe health issues that they're dealing with and we just wanna lift them up before you, Heavenly Father. And we just ask that you will just touch each of these people with your comforting touch. Lord, you know what the needs of each of them is right at this moment, and we pray that you will meet their needs, Heavenly Father. Come close to them, bless them, Heavenly Father, we pray in Jesus' name. And Lord, we do want to remember our persecuted brothers and sisters throughout the world. Lord, we say thank you for the fact that even today we can meet here freely to worship and to honour you. We don't take that lightly, Lord. We know that it is such a privilege and such a blessing for us. And we know that we have many brothers and sisters in other parts of the world who cannot do that. 
and many are in jail right now suffering because they love you dearly and they are not prepared to deny their faith in you. And so we ask for each of these people, and you know each of them intimately and deeply, and we pray that even right now, wherever they are, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will touch them in a special way right now, that they will feel your everlasting arms wrapped around them, that they will know your presence, and that you will uphold them, comfort them, bless them, be close to them. We ask this in Jesus' name. And Lord, now as we prepare to hear your word from Pastor Billy, we pray that you will help us to have soft hearts, teachable hearts, Heavenly Father, ready to receive what you have to say to us right now. We worship you. We lift your name high. We honour you, King Jesus. Amen. Well, it's my blessing now to introduce Pastor Billy and Luke Houghton, who are going to come up and share with us um, today. Um, some of you will know if you've been journeying with us at Bridgman uh, last year, we began to feel really prompted around um, doing more in the space of working among those who um, have experienced being in prison, um, being um, impacted by that, often their stories, as you know, are very, very sad to hear that. And we began praying, knowing this is God's heart, to see the prisoners um, find life in Jesus, be set free. And as we prayed, I remember one particular prayer meeting, in fact, we gathered a whole group together, some who were interested from prison guards here at Bridgie to those who have been chaplains and others. We gathered together and we prayed and said, God, would you show us how we can do more in this space, how we can be more intentional in this space. And out of that, God has done some incredible things, um, open doors, actually worked in miraculous ways that just filled me with so much faith. And I know I shouldn't be in awe every time I see God work, but I have been absolutely in awe. And so um, Billy's here along with Luke. They've actually been a key part of this. Uh, for those of you who know a little bit of Luke's story, um, spent 13 years in jail and just this, just like last month, celebrated 13 years out of jail. Um, and just, yeah, praise God, been amazing. And together, um, Billy and Luke, God's put them together. And so they're going to share a little bit with us um, today around how God is moving in this space and share with us as well. So I'd love if you can give them another really big welcome as they come to share with us now. Thank you. Well, thanks, Inspire. Um, yeah, th that is the direction I think that we will go in, if that's okay. But I will d dig a little bit deeper. So the... the the ministry that we've commenced has come out of the blue, and I was unbeknownst to me. I didn't know about the prayer meeting and the discussions about all that, and um, uh, yeah, there's a long other story to tell, perhaps, of how we got to where we are right now. But, but basically, I think I've got a photo, too, that I want to show you, because it'll show you the logo as well. So, so the name, I guess, if you want to name this ministry, it's, it's um, called Truefaller. Now, a 15-year-old... Uh, young fella that came from New South Wales, myself I'm talking about, um, had a mixed cultural heritage. I've got an Aboriginal heritage and a non-Aboriginal heritage. And I, I, I loved this one particular band called Warumpi Band. And it was an Aboriginal band from out in the desert. It made me feel a little bit more Aboriginal when I listened to it. And so, um, and uh, they sung this song and uh, I think I'm in the right crew to talk about a tape. Uh, I had this tape from the Warumpi Band. I've got a friend 
whose young son pulled a tape out of his car, cleaned it for his father and said, Dad, what's this? He said, you play music off it. He said, come on. So I'm sure I'm in the right crowd here that you know what I'm talking about when I say a tape. So I had this Warumpi Band tape and the song really spoke to me. And uh, I think I'll say it on our behalf. Um, it might be mixed, but it says, black fella, white fella, it doesn't matter what your colour, as long as you're a true fella. And yeah, yeah, I think it, songs have a way to just cut through and make a point. And uh, it's never left me. And I think at this age, getting older now and getting a bit greyer, I, I, I acknowledge the power it is to be a true follower. And it's not a gender-based thing. The song itself says we need more brothers if we're to make it. We need more sisters if we're to save it. And so you'll see in the logo, if you can there, it's actually the shape that you're seeing is what a lot of Aboriginal people use in the desert to signify sitting down. So it signifies a person. And so it also, for us, you'll see the connection point between the true and the follower between what it means to be a, a, a fully-fledged, to be a human with a purpose aligned with God. And I guess for this ministry, there's also a notion of what it means for people to turn their lives around. And so this True Fuller ministry uh, has become important to us, and uh, it's something that, uh, that, that's a camp that we ran recently, um, but I just invited Luke along to just share a little bit as well. So, Luke, do you want to share? Thanks, brother. Morning, everyone. Morning, church. Um, for those who don't know me, I'm Luke, and thanks, brother. You introduced me beautifully. Just a criminal, so thanks for that. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I've, I've become an uncriminal, really, 13 years out, and it's pretty exciting. And um, my heart is for the lost and broken me, really. <laughs> the lost and broken 12-year-old me. And there's complexities in that around stuff we're doing at the moment. But we've been very blessed to see God work in amazing ways in recent months and um, it's filled my heart with much joy and much hope it's renewed me and I just want to share a couple of little stories and there's a scripture that's become very dear to us in Romans 12 and it's basically talking about how, you, how as Christians we're to live our life and in Romans 12:10 it says show family affection to one another with brotherly love outdo one another in showing honour to me, honour used to be a big deal. As a criminal, you live by this code of honour and respect and love your brother. It, it talks about all this stuff to us as a criminal. It, it's a really big deal to us. We are to live this way. And if you don't, it comes with a massive repercussion. If you don't honour your brother and you don't act that way, I'm sorry, but you don't, you don't fit. And the repercussion usually was death. That, that was the life I lived in. So there was this deep fear about living this way. If I didn't live this way, the repercussion was really, really ugly. But I've got this beautiful perspective on it now where the repercussion is just life and an overflowing of an abundance of life. We've, we've taken several young men now out to Dolby, out to Bethel, and um, all we have seen is God, is the kingdom of God at work. And this is what we've seen. We, we've, we've made a point of saying love and respect. Love is the weapon. Respect is all we require of you. The, these exact same words. And um, we have seen it in spades. We have seen young men who have done... There's a, there's a photo. Oh, that photo's not up there. There's one young man in there, and he's 21. He's done nine years in jail. 
at the age of 21. Um, and I would not exaggerate in saying I've seen a young man show us so much honour and respect and love because we're willing to show this to him. We're willing to show him Jesus and the response is just phenomenal. I just, I, I, it leaves me breathless and speechless to see a young man who came and sat in a room one night we were unpacking some stuff from Ecclesiastes of all, all places and he said to us, this feels like home. And I just, I'm so moved. And I want to honour all of you because I know there's a lot of prayers from this place. And I want to offer you so much honour in that because that's the brotherly and sisterly love coming to us because we need that. We need that. If this is to be successful, we need that. And we know that that is a driving force of what is working where we are. So I just really want to honour you as a community and as a church and say thank you from the deepest part of my heart because it means an awful lot. And I know that that is a very powerful part of it. I want to share another little story with you. Obviously, I did a long time in jail. I know that system so well. I know the brokenness of that system. I know the life of that system. I know how it breathes, it thinks. I learnt that system like the back of my hand. And obviously, the system says you can't change, and it's a journey for me at the moment. I'm really trying to work through that and... I'm not the same person I used to be, but they don't want to sit in front of me and talk to me. They go off a piece of paper that says, you're a criminal. <laughs> so I would really appreciate prayer in that space. But one of the boys that comes with us, G's become a very dear friend of ours. He works in the youth detention centre and he said to us at Bethel, we are sitting there, the three of us, in a really beautiful place at Bethel, and he said, I'd love if we could just feed the staff. There's been a lot of violence toward them recently. I'd love if we could feed them. I said, bro, we'll make it happen. So being a caterer's son, I said, well, how do we make this happen? So I rang my mum, as you do, phone a friend. So I, I phoned the person who knows all about that stuff. And <laughs> that happens to be Lynn Houghton, who just happens to know about that stuff. And I said, mum, can we make this happen? And with the blessing of your community, that happened. And within a week, we were in the youth detention centre feeding two or 160-odd staff. And we fed them and loved them and cared for them. And, but what really struck me, and this is this, this showing honour and this showing respect and love, there's a lady in there who we've become, we're starting to become good friends with. She, she, she doesn't run the place, but she runs the place. She's been there, she's, she's been there 30 years. And if she says boo, they run the other way. That's, that's the cold, hard reality. And I sent a message to that lady that evening because I was, I was so broken once upon a time, but just this builds so much renewal. And I said, I thank you. The trust you have shown in me, I said, does not go unnoticed. I I feel the weight of it. And I just, I'll get a bit emotional. I really want to thank you and honour you for for the way you trust us and the way you're loving us. And she just said, brother, we just love you and we know that you're not that person anymore. So it's just a real encouraging story of what God's doing because that's not a human thing. I've been in that system for a long time and I want to encourage you all because God is moving in a mighty way and and I am privileged enough to be witnessing it, feeling it, part of it and, and sensing what he has on offer for us.
So that's just a tiny little bit about what's going on and, and I'll pass back to this fella. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thanks, brother. So, Lukey alluded to it. So, when you cut underneath this thing, and I mean, it sounds like a, an old word, but it's a beautiful word, the creed. What's the true fella creed? And uh, Lukey did mention it. And in fact, I've, I've made it clear, so I think I've got a slide to show you. But, but basically, on the first camp that we ran a couple of months ago, um, Lukey, just off the cuff, said to these first group of boys that we had come out, he said, the only weapon that we have is love. And the boys, you know, they're used to weapons, but uh, they just couldn't quite get their head around it. And we said, we'll unpack this. We'll, we'll, we'll give you a look at what having love as a weapon, the most powerful weapon, if you really want to think about it. The thing that can really change lives. And uh, the boys really responded well to that. And I just, off the cuff as well, I thought, well, the only rule that we've got is respect. So the only weapon that we want to use in this true fellow ministry is, is love. And the only rule that we have is respect. And in the power of the relationships, we work that out as we go. Well, something very interesting has happened. That's become a bit of our creed. And as Lukey said, for Dion, we've been carrying this Romans passage for a long time now. Outdo one another in showing honour. It's, it's, for me, it's one of the only competitive verses in the Bible. I'm going to outdo you in showing honour. And so um, we've, we've been trying to do that in a practical way. Outdo people in honour. And... Um, Recently, I got a phone call from the Bible Society and they said, we have a brand new version. We're working with Wycliffe, the Bible translators. We have a brand new version of the Bible which is specifically targeting Aboriginal people who have English as their fifth language. And it's called the PEV, the People's Easy Version. And they said, we are asking if any Aboriginal people would be willing to, do, you know, to read it out. To, we're going to record it. And I thought, well, wow, that, that's a powerful thing. And, you know, I've got a heart for that. So I put my hand up and, and start, I got involved in the process. And um, I came across, I, I'm now interested in this version. Uh, and so I read Romans 12.10, which, which in the NIV and others, whatever you just read, outdo one another in showing honour. Here we are talking about love and respect. They're the two things. So I just want to show you what Romans 12.10 in the PEV says. Just get a hold of this. You have to love each other. There it is right there. You have to love each other like brothers and sisters that belong to the same family. Does anyone in this room know what Dion in my language means? Family. You have to love each other like brothers and sisters that belong to the same family. And here's the second part of it. You have to respect other Christians more than you respect yourself. In this one verse that we've been carrying around in our hearts and as a practice, and this other avenue that opens up as this ministry unfolds, our creed is presented to us in the very same verse, that these powerful elements of love and respect And I just heard, Tony, as you shared in your testimony from that baptismal pool, and it wasn't lost on me the, the way that you, the posture that you took as you gave your testimony. And I guess I was preloaded with this verse, but I couldn't help but, but look underneath what you were saying and hear these same elements in, in, in how you were talking about people. You were honouring people. 
your parents and, and pastors and, and people that have had an impact on you. You're showing incredible love and respect. The very act of what you're doing in the pool is one, a posture of love and respect to the God that has shown you love and respect. And so for me, I just feel that the, can you imagine what the world would be like if this is how we carry ourselves? If each of us here made that commitment to be true followers in the best sense of that word, to be human beings that are infused with the love and respect that the God has for his creation. Not, not just in little camps that get run, but in our dealings in supermarkets and in city streets and our own families and our, our neighbourhoods. Isn't this the kingdom of God? The outpouring of love and respect, the, the very heart of the God that we're singing to and talking about today. And this ceremony that we've seen, this, this baptismal ceremony, there's a remembering that takes place, a reminding for us. Um, and so too, this, uh, this morning we, we are going to partake in another ceremony, another reminder. Um, sometimes ceremonies sound like plastic getting ripped off something. I've been praying that, about that all morning, how to do that gracefully. I mean, in some respects, this small wafer doesn't do justice to the enormous, the enormous act that it recognises, eh? The greatest love, that God would show his love for us in this way. It says that Jesus, though he was equal with God, he didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he emptied himself. He showed love and respect to the world that he loved and respected. And he took the bread on that night and he, and he broke it and he said, this is my, my body broken for you. And he said, eat this and, and remember that. And in the same way, he, he took the cup and he said, this represents my blood, the, the, the new covenant. He said, drink this and remember and so I'm not sure where you're at this morning, but my heart is very full. As we've sung songs and we've gathered together, we've heard a testimony, stories, lives that have been changed by the love and the respect that our great God has for us. What could we do but respond in kind and see incredible change? So would you join me as we eat together this bread? And when you're ready, let's invite you to, to slowly partake in this cup and be reminded of this new covenant. And then I'll pray. Heavenly Father, these elements, they do represent, they are reminders, a remembrance of that greatest act of love, a love that you've poured out willingly and abundantly on this earth. 
You are such a gracious God, a generous God. The overflow is too much for us to handle this morning. I'm in awe. We are in awe together as we survey the wondrous gift that you've given us. Your body broken. Servant king. And your love poured out a a second look, a respect, a second look. Help us to see again the beauty of your gift to us, your love for each and every person. We thank you for the testimonies that have been shared, stories, live stories this very day of a love that changes and transforms this world. Would you help us, Lord, to be true fellows that live connected to the truest fuller of all, the one who showed the way of love and respect. We worship you and we thank you and we recognize you now. In Jesus' name. When I survey the wondrous cross, let's stand together and see. inspire for our official services. I know we've got one to go 
in three weeks' time. But what would you say at the end of our year together? Lots of things. But we're so glad having Billy and Lukey sharing today the wonder of the gospel for the whole world. Many of you dear folk here rejoice in the Lord today because you know him by faith in the Savior. Some dear ones, we're so glad you come and you Still weighing it up. Will I receive him personally or another year? Next year, maybe. If you have the promptings of the Holy Spirit in your heart, come to Jesus now. For now, today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Just humbly bow your head before him and say, Lord Jesus, I take all that you have done at Calvary for me. And I receive by faith your wonderful and free salvation and grow me up in fellowship with other Christians to love and trust you more till you come again then on into eternity. Dear friends, I can't think of anything better than to come right to the cross at the end of this year of ministry. And dear Billy and Lukey, you've taken us right there. Let's sing on. See from his head, his hands and feet, and then we'll sing on. See from his head, his hands, his which we'll sing as we conclude. But I just want to express thanks to dear ones who have just shared throughout the year, through all the ups and downs of COVID and how we've um, had to adapt and readapt. But uh, just in giving thanks, I can't thank everybody by name. It's not possible, but there's such a team of folk. Jenny and Phil, 
with their music and the musicians and the singers. We thank the Lord for them. Dear Ross Waite has been so faithful on sound week after week. We're so grateful. And David and Noel have been on out in the studio at the back. If you've never been out the back, all this takes place out the back in studios. So it's all technological and uh, too much for my poor little brain, but they work on that. Thank you, boys, out the back. And of course, live streaming and all the uh, online stuff, we have a couple of high-tech guys here. Thanks, guys, you're out the studio now, out the back too. They are the, the whiz kids of all this, and we're so grateful to them. And we have our wonderful pastoral carers who are always serving us. We're so grateful to them too. And Joan Watts at the coffee shop and her team there. And the other pastors and staff that come on with coffee. Uh, how do I keep going? The beautiful thing at Bridgie is it's a team. It's a team. It's a family. No one seeks the credit or glory to the Lord Jesus. Amen, amen. And you know something? He's coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. And it might be today. And that's not being whoopy radical. That's being biblical. Biblical truth. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. But meanwhile, we'll bear testimony to his glorious name. So were the whole realm of glory mine, That'd be an offering far too small to cast at his blessed feet. So let's sing, shall we? sing that last verse once more with a little change in the words and I'll tell you the story. You've got all morning, have you? Oh, just relax before we go to morning tea. I have a mate I grew up with from childhood. 
He's a bright man, very clever. And uh, he then did very well in school. We were teenagers together. And the Lord got hold of his heart young. In his childhood, in fact. And then through his uh, teenage years. And we used to sit together in church. And I remember his heart was so caught up with the Lord Jesus. In fact, he became a medical doctor in time, missionary doctor, became the head of the Royal Women's here in Brisbane, saved countless lives medically, and is still functioning, retired now, but still on fire for the Lord. But as young teenagers, about 16, 17, we'd sing this last, this whole song to the old tune, of course, that we all knew from years by. And he sang, were the whole realm of nature mine, that were an offering far too small, love so amazing, so divine, he sang with all the enthusiasm of his heart. But he changed the words, I remember it so distinctly. He sang, not demands my soul, my life, my all. But he changed to it, shall have my soul. My life, my all. He's in his 80s now too. John, bless you. He's not the doctor, but John in his 80s too, still firing as many of you are. Praise God. Can we close now? This is close time. But we're going to sing this last verse. Instead of demands, let's make it. Shall have. We sing the last. Were the 